Um, all right, so today we are in part three of our Faith and Miracles series. And actually, you know what? It's going to take me a minute to get into my groove here because I really sense God's going to show up for some of us. I believe like there might be some deliverances take place today. I believe that there might be some, some things lifted off of us today. I honestly believe that. So ex- expect it. Expect something to happen today. So, so we're in part three of this series. Last week we did... Um, uh, we shared about our, our missions, the three missions that this church is, is uh, involved in and supports. And if you're interested in what that is and you, and you weren't here last week, go to our website, check that out. And then also while you're there, if you didn't catch the parts one and two of this series, they're on our website as well, vineyard05.com. And then that'll catch you up to speed with where we're at today. But one of the things that, that we're doing in this series is we're, we're talking about the keys or, or the components to a believer's life that we need to be aware of so that we can walk in the unexplained, so that our faith is built up so that we can begin to expect miracles because miracles are the unexplainable. Miracles are things that I prayed for it and it happened, or sometimes I didn't pray for it and it happened. Miracles are the unexplained where our spiritual, where our natural lives connect with the spiritual realm and the unexplained happens. And that, as a believer, is our reality. We should expect that. And so today, two more of these components that we're going to kind of add on to the things we're talking about is believing and trusting. So we're going to talk about believing and trusting today. And when speaking of miracles, what is the greatest miracle ever accomplished? Like, what is... What is the one unexplained event that mankind pretty much all knows about and happened on this earth? The one unexplained event that that we can't possibly grasp. The resurrection. The resurrection. Jesus rising from the dead. Everybody knows about it, right? I mean, believers and non-believers, we've all heard about it. I mean, his birth separated the, the timeline of the world's history between B.C. and A.D. And his death, crucifixion, and resurrection, there's archaeological, there's historical, there's evidence that something big happened that day. There was an earthquake, there was all kinds of stuff that happened that day that is written down. However, not everybody believes in that. Not everybody believes the resurrection really happened. But those of us that do, we get to enjoy a relationship with our Savior, with our Creator, with Jesus, because we believe in the resurrection. We put our faith in Him because we know that He rose from the dead. And there's things that happened within us when we asked Him into our lives that tell us He's for real. But again, not everybody believes in this, right? And so so here for us, we can experience the unexplained the miraculous moves of God, the supernatural component in life where the spiritual realm becomes our reality. What happens in the spirit realm that we pray about and we we talk about and we share with people about becomes our reality, both good and evil, because we're aware of that. But before we place our trust in Jesus as our Savior, there's this process 
that we go through in believing he is who he said he is, right? We, we, we have this process that we, we have to work things out. Like I remember the process for me and, and basically the, the defining point was I, I bought a Bible and I said, okay, Jesus, if you are for real, show yourself to me. And he did that night. Big things happen. Some of us, it's a little more subtle and it's a little more drawn out. Some of us were like, I'm not feeling anything, but I believe, I, I know he's there. It's different for all of us because God speaks to us in the way that we can understand and in the way that he knows will make the biggest difference. So we're gonna talk about some unexplained things today. We're gonna talk about some components that, that believing and trusting is a part of but one of the things that we're not going to talk about today is the resurrection, or is eternal life in heaven. And we're not going to, that's part of the unexplained we're going to leave out. And here's why. We all know that we're going to have eternal life in heaven. Those of us that believe in Jesus are expecting to have eternal life in heaven. That's the vertical part of the cross with our faith. But the horizontal part is where we share our faith with others. We do stuff together with life groups. We, we are a part of things in our church. That's the horizontal part, right? That's the gospel of restoration. We are a part of working with Jesus in restoring the lives of those around us. So if I'm talking to somebody, and here's why we're going we're gonna to leave that part out for today. If I'm talking to somebody who says, Chip, why, why do you tell me I need to have faith in Jesus? Well, I need to have a relationship with Jesus. Why do I need that? And I say, because you will have eternal life in heaven. Is that going to have a big impact on somebody who, who doesn't even believe yet? Like, you'll have eternal life in heaven. Well, yeah, but what about now? What about here and now? Like, right now, I need you to tell me why I need to place my faith in Jesus right now. See what I'm saying? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But just real quick, though, shortly before Jesus was crucified, Here's what he told his disciples about heaven. He's, he's talking to them about the fact he's going to go away and where I go. You cannot come right now, but I'll come back and get you. And they're kind of confused. But he says this in John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. He, he, he already knows that they believe in him. They've, they've been with him for three years, somewhere around that time right now. Trust in God. I'm going away, guys. Trust in God and trust also in me. And by the way, all these things that have led up to this experience are going to, I want you to know there's more than enough room for everybody in my Father's home. He's speaking of heaven. And in this statement, though, Jesus is laying the groundwork for a very important element that has to do with any, any relationship with him trust. Trust is one of the most important elements when it comes to our faith in Jesus. We must trust him at his word. So when I read something like this, John chapter 14, I Jesus tells me, tells us to trust in God, trust also in me. All this stuff you have to deal with on the earth, that, that is the here and the now, and that's a part of your natural and your supernatural world, but someday... You're going to be in my father's home with me. And there's more than enough room for all of us. So one of the benefits 
And this is something that I would say to my friend that doesn't know anything about Jesus. One of the benefits by believing in him is experiencing the forgiveness of our sins. Now again, this person might say, why do I need the forgiveness of my sins? I'm not a bad person. But we need the forgiveness of our sins. Here's what I would say to him. Listen, or her. Kim would be talking to her. I would be talking to him. Listen, once you experience it, you'll understand that Jesus loves you. See, it, again, it's different for all of us, but I, I began coming to church, and it was probably uh, two and a half, three months later. All of a sudden, I woke up one morning, and I felt like the, a thousand pounds had been lifted off my back. And it was the sins that I had been carrying around from a lifestyle apart from Jesus for years. Finally, they were lifted off of me. And that is a supernatural, unexplained event that I don't know how it happens. I didn't even know I was carrying it. See, I got used to carrying it around with me for half my life at the time, more than half my life at the time, most of my adult life. And all of a sudden, it was gone. Like, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, I, if I jumped up, I think I would have just floated through the ceiling. I felt that good and that alive on the inside. So that's something that I would say to somebody. And then, when preaching about Jesus, here's what the disciple Peter had to say about forgiveness in the book of Acts, chapter 10. Jesus is the one all the prophets testified about. All the prophets in the Old Testament testified about Jesus, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. So this is something that after Jesus had gone up to heaven, Peter preaches about. And then the apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Rome, and he says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Everyone who believes in Jesus will be made right with God and have their, and have their sins forgiven. That's what being made right with God is all about. See, we don't realize it, but we're not right with God when we're not living with God. When we don't ask Jesus, in the, the moment we ask Jesus into our lives, this process of believing in him and being made right with God begins. Sometimes it's in an instant, and sometimes it takes a little time. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Your sins will be forgiven. Amen. And that's the thing that we as human beings get tripped up over. See, Jesus forgives Everyone who calls upon his name and believes that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. That's in Romans chapter 10. And the end of that sentence is, and you will be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus is the son of God and God raised him from the dead. That's it. That's the beginning of the process. But oftentimes, isn't it true? Like, like then we become believers and we struggle. Maybe we have a an addiction. Maybe we have, maybe we have uh, anger issues. Maybe our marriage isn't where it should be. Maybe we have uh, co-worker issues at work, like, like, you know, just things in our lives, right? And then we feel bad at the end of the day. We feel guilty. We heap all this stuff on ourselves because we're, we're so this or that or the other, and we're not happy with ourselves. And we don't believe that we are fully forgiven. 
Well, first of all, that is a lie from the devil who wants you to believe that. And for those, of, for those, of, for those that, that struggle with this, I say make this a part of your desktop, make it, put it on your phone, put it on your mirror, put it wherever. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If you talk to him about it and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry, I did this, that, or the other, he will forgive you. Even if you do it again the next hour, he will forgive you. That's how loving he is because he knows if we struggle with it and we come to him about it, that there's something in us that doesn't like what's happening. And sooner or later, we're going to get it right. We'll, we'll, it'll be lifted from us. We'll, we'll have the, the strength to not look in that direction anymore. We'll have the strength to do what we need to do to overcome whatever it is. But here's the deal. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. That's Jesus. So if you feel like you're not forgiven, you, you, what you got to say is, Jesus, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I just, I struggle with this. And then you say, but God, your word tells me that you are faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins. You know what just is? Just isn't fair. Just is right. You look at something, you say, well, that's not fair. They're getting away with that. Well, but it's, it's justice that says what they can or cannot do. See, it, it isn't, it's grace and mercy, which is undeserved favor that we get when it comes to the forgiveness of our sins. We don't deserve it, but it's the just thing to do. So Jesus says, come on, man, I can help you with this. So keep a hold of that verse if that, if that strikes home with you. Everything is forgiven when we believe in Jesus and when we trust in him. And to experience the forgiveness of our sins is to experience an unexplained event. Like when you feel freed from something, it's unexplainable. Like, oh my goodness. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. I remember distinctly when, when, when a swear word stopped coming out of my mouth in the middle of a sentence. Like, I remember, I was a janitor at a school, and I was talking to this guy, and then I, I walked away, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that was the cleanest sentence that ever came out of my mouth. <laughs> so God is cleaning up my life, see? He's, Jesus is making me right with God. It's a process. It's a process of believing. For instance, when, when you came in here today, did you have on your mind that it's possible the chair I'm going to sit in is going to fall apart? Did you have to think about that? Or did you automatically trust that it's going to stand up with you, for you? I know some of the seats are, the, the, the chairs are, but they're all stable, right? And most of us, let's say 90% of us, got in our cars this morning and we didn't say, I really hope this turns on. We just put the key in the ignition and we turned it on. I say most because I know some of us have cars that... But right, we, we trusted that's how our faith in Jesus needs to be once we get past the believing process. You see what I'm saying? It's a trust. It's automatic. Like, I know that Jesus has my best interest in mind. I trust him in everything. And this is how we move in the miraculous. This is how we can expect miracles to happen in our lives. And then, and then, our trust 
in Jesus, our trust in him, helps us find out where, who are, what our identity is in him and what our God-given purpose is. You see, once that trust is there, like I know, Jesus, you've got my best interest in mind. I thank you for that. I thank you for forgiving me of these sins. I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you for making a way for me to, to, to you know, you'll get this job or whatever it is, right? My trust is in you, Jesus. Then we begin to realize what our ident- that our identity is in Jesus and what our God-given purpose is. See, and, and here's the thing with identity and purpose, okay? There is so much confusion as to what our purpose in life is. People don't understand what their purpose in life is. They, they don't understand what their identity in Jesus is. And this can get confusing. We often find ourselves when we don't know who our true self in Christ is. When we don't know what our identity in Christ is, we we often end up floating through life. We don't really have the purpose, the God-given purpose that we were created for, and so we just kind of float through life. See, our God-given purpose is much deeper than a career. It's much deeper than a marriage. It's much deeper than a family. I think a marriage and a family is kind of a part of that because in a marriage, uh, the the husband is the the spiritual leader in the home and the husband is to serve his wife and make sure that she knows that she is the best one in his life, regardless. And then as parents, you invest in your children and you model what a good marriage is like to them so that they see that as they grow up and you invest in them the things of the kingdom of God. I believe that's all a part of the purpose God-given purpose, but then it's deeper than that. Like my God-given purpose is, is if, if I was to say in one sentence, is appoint people to Jesus. Like I get passionate about sharing the things of God with others. If somebody asks me a Bible question, well, I hope you have a few minutes. We're going to talk about that because I am passionate about that. You know, Kim, Kim's purpose in life is music. And, 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 and there's an anointing to her music. And she plays all over town and stuff, different instruments. And, and there's an anointing to that. She hears that. When you play at this farmer's market, it just brings a peace. She hears that. That's an anointing. That's not just somebody playing a hammer dulcimer. And there, there's depth to that. And, and, then, and then moving in the gifts of the Spirit and, doing, and heading up the women's ministry here to church. Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave, the founding pastor of the church, pastored his church for 40 plus years, and now he's in a different season where his God-given purpose is to, number one, get the Bible into the schools through a project called LifeWise, and also he started the police chaplain in, in Reynoldsburg here and got some other pastors to join with him in that. And so that's a God-given purpose and there's different seasons for our God-given purpose but you see what I'm saying it's it's much deeper than a hobby or a career or something like that it's kingdom minded and kingdom building and so I want to read a passage that kind of is is the basis for that and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 it says this God has united you with Christ Jesus. 
For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. But see, this passage, to me, there's, there's a number of passages that, that we could use for what we're talking about today, but this, would, would I would say, would be like the, the theological passage for, for the foundation of understanding our identity in Christ and finding our purpose and meaning in life. For instance, how many of us struggle with putting the words pure and holy and freed from sin in the same sentence as our name? We struggle with that, right? Because we, we know, like, I look in the mirror, I see all of my flaws. I critique myself, I see all the things that need fixed. But God looks at me, Jesus looks at me and says, but you're perfect the way I made you. You're perfected. You put your belief in me, your trust in me, you, you come to me when things are going bad, you come to me when you mess up, you are freed from sin, not free from sinning, Freed from the bondage of sin. See? And now, Jesus says, you are holy. You are pure. You are righteous in my sight. And so, yeah. And so, see, God, God is the one who unites us with Jesus. And then Jesus makes us right with God by forgiving us of our sins. The shed blood on the cross is what gives Jesus the authority to forgive us of our sins over and over and over again when we need it. Making us pure and holy in his sight. So that, this is what I love, we can have access to all the wisdom that is available. God made Jesus wisdom itself for us. Any issue or struggle that we have, work-wise, family-wise, marriage-wise, relation-wise, school-wise, Jesus has the wisdom for that. In both the natural and the supernatural worlds that we live in, we have one foot in the natural and one foot in the supernatural. That is why a vineyard distinctive is naturally supernatural. We are aware of the fact that we are natural beings that live in the supernatural. We move in the supernatural, and we are aware that we should be doing it in such a natural way that it's not weirding people out. Do you understand how powerful this is? This verse right here, to me, is just deep. I've been meditating on it. Like, like God made Jesus wisdom itself for us. We, we've got all the access. We've got everything we need to get through life. And for some of us, this is nothing short of a miracle. You know, to experience this is what takes our belief and faith in Jesus to the level of trusting him with our lives. Like if I'm praying for something or I'm asking God to move in this area and I don't see him moving and I'm pressing in and then my prayers turn into the begging, right? Like, oh God, please, I really need this to happen. As soon as I notice that, probably about the third or fourth time I go, "Ah, you know what? Maybe what I need to do is say, God, is there something I need to do here? Am I missing something? Is that not where you want me to go? Do you want me to focus on something else? And then you begin meditating on that. And he will begin speaking to you because he is all the wisdom we need. And so no matter how much we mess up, as long as we stay close to Jesus, work it out with him, we are pure and holy in his sight. 
If you're familiar with the story of King David, he was not the best guy in the Bible. He did some really bad things. However, the Bible refers to him as a man after God's own heart. You look at that and you go, but, but God, what about this and this and that? Yeah, he had to deal with the consequences of his actions, but he knew to come to God when he messed up. And that's what made him a man after God's own heart. So believing and fully understanding this builds the foundation of our true identity in Jesus, therefore fulfilling our purpose in life, which is who we were created to be. And then living this in confidence is another added component to helping us experience the unexplained. See, you have to be confident that this is who you are. That I believe and trust in Jesus. God, he, God made me, God united me with Jesus. Jesus made me right with God. And now I am who the Bible says I am. I am pure. I am holy. I am that person. Because Jesus makes me that person. I'm not the one that did any of this in my own power. Because experiencing miracles brings the trust in knowing that Jesus has everything under control. Even when I don't understand what's happening, I have to say, Jesus, I can't wait to see what you're going to do here. I can't wait to see what the other side of this looks like. Philippians chapter 1, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Do you ever feel like maybe God gave up on me? Maybe I messed up so much, God doesn't love me anymore. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue it until it is finally finished when Jesus returns. He never, ever, 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 ever will give up on any of us. See? There's another verse right there. Some of you might need to write that down and just keep it somewhere. God hasn't given up on you. Maybe he's just wanting you to press in a little bit more. Maybe he's drawing you towards him. Maybe something's gotten in the way and you've drifted a little bit further apart and now you gotta, you gotta just you gotta get closer to him. See, we must believe and trust that no matter how hard the struggle, God will never give up on us. And then, believing and trusting this part of it that God never gives up on us is what grows our confidence to expect miracles. We don't just hope and wish and beg and plead for a miracle. We got to expect it to happen. There's an expectancy that needs to take place in order for that miracle to happen. That's a tough one. And then another benefit we get from Jesus is the strength to get through each day. It's what we need, right? When we, we trust in him, we're, we're past the believing stage, we trust that he will get us through each day. Like, first of all, there's no way we can fulfill our God-given purpose without the power of God. We need that. And some of us, we work long hours, right? We have difficult work atmospheres. School can take its toll on us. The home life, the home, the family is not the most conducive situation. There's maybe there's stress there, some dysfunction or things. Things just aren't the way, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have to deal with in life that can strain our mental and physical life, right? 
And God's Holy Spirit is who gives us the power to conquer each struggle day by day. Everything we face, it is God's Holy Spirit that gives us the power to get through this. That's what we need. And not only the day-to-day, but there's also the surprises and the difficulties life throws our way that causes a spiritual weariness and tiredness within us, right? Are you ever like, you're just so tired? You're not just tired from a lot of work and long days and busyness, but you're just like, I am drained spiritually. I'm just drained. You need that connection. You need to get back into just draw on that power from God so that you can get recharged. Church is a good way to get recharged on Sunday mornings. But isn't it true that by Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, you got, who, uh, sometimes I don't even know what I preached about. By the time Wednesday gets around, I'm like, what was that one verse I was so fired up about? I mean, it just kinda, it's, it's kind of like a little roller coaster, right? Somehow we have to get our relationship with Jesus to where it's not an up and down roller coaster. It might be up and down, but it's continually going up. So we have to do our part to make all of this happen. We can't just sit there and wait for God. God, I need your power. I need you to help me. We've got to be proactive. And the only way to build up the strength to get through each day is by the supernatural source that comes from our Father in heaven who wants nothing but the best for us. And we're going to read a passage from Ephesians chapter 1 to tie this into that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Now this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, but when I read this, he's speaking to me, and when I read it now, he's speaking to all of us. This is the word of God speaking to all of us. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The incredible greatness of God's power for those of us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. There's a lot of weight to that passage. There's a lot that we can hold on to. See, when we believe in Jesus... We have access to the same power that raised him from the dead. The same power of God's Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at our disposal, right there, at our sides, right there within us. That is the unexplained. That is the miraculous. See, Jesus is above all leaders, all authorities, all rulers, all things, both in the natural and in the supernatural worlds. All of it. 
So there are things that are going to drag us down, maybe from the spiritual world. Maybe we've got, a, maybe we've got things that are going on. Maybe we've, got, maybe we've got a familiar spirit from our family line that has attached itself to us, and we can't break this addiction. Maybe we've, we've brought some, maybe something was spoken to us as a child, and we believed it, and now we're walking in that, that just awful thing that was said to us. But Jesus is higher than all of that. He is over all of that. So when we call upon his name, the same power that raised him from the dead is at our disposal. It lives within us. It's God's Holy Spirit. And experiencing this in action, in real life, is a miracle. And we all get to experience. This is what, this is what Paul was saying right here. Look, I pray that you understand this. I pray that you understand the greatness and the power of God. I think as human beings, we don't understand it. I think we lose sight of that. There's some people that do. There was a guy in the vineyard, his name was Putty Putman. He came here a number of times. He started this thing called the School of Kingdom Ministry. Like he, I don't know, I don't know any other way to say it, but he tapped in to that source of God's power from the Holy Spirit. And powerful things happened. Like he was here on weekends and it was just, it was nuts. And we lose sight of that because we're so busy. And sometimes, sometimes I think we're not so sure we want to step into the supernatural because I'm, I'm, I feel safe over here in the natural. But in order to be freed of some things, we got to get into the supernatural. We have to be confident in doing this. Otherwise, things will never change. And so think about the things that we cannot overcome in our own strength, but yet we keep trying. Whatever it is, we, we all have something. There's, there's something that we just, we, we're trying to overcome, but we're not involving God. Or when we are involving God, it's just this, this plead, and then we're not proactive about it. Think about it. Listen, when we feel like failing, we need God's power, this greatness, this, this power, this source of Jesus that is over all leaders and rulers and authorities. When we feel like failing, we need that power. When we're at the verge of quitting, we need God's power. God gives us the power to say no or to say yes. The power to start over, the power to keep going, the power to change, the power to deal with loneliness when we feel lonely the power to handle depression when we're at the deepest, darkest depths of our life, the power to get through a day of anxiety when our brains are just going crazy. That's the power that we need at times, the power to handle stressful situations when stress arises, the power to handle guilt, the power to handle loss. I could keep going on. God is the one who gives us the power to handle all of that stuff that messes us up in our heads. And when we believe and trust in Jesus, we have the power of God's Holy Spirit within us. And just in case, you're like, well, that sounds nice, Chip, but I need something to back that up with. I'm glad you were thinking that because I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking to the Israelites, 
It's the word of God. He's speaking to all of us. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. Even young people. Even young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. That is the power of God that we have within us. Even those of us that are getting older, we're just, we're just our body, we're getting tired. You say, well, it's because of our age. But, but you know what? Even young people get tired. That's what the word of God said. Even, I'm with you. But we've got that power of God. Listen, I love how this starts out. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? Let me give you a reminder. Man, I love that. See, we need a greater power than ourselves to get through life. And this power we get from God's Holy Spirit is supernatural. It's the power that builds the confidence in us that says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. That's the power that we have. And this strength comes from the heavenly realms. It's where miracles take place. We got to expect it. We have to walk in that expectancy of a miracle to happen when we feel like nothing else is going to happen. And the more we experience the goodness of God, the more our belief turns into trust. And then, I'm going to wrap it up kind of here, almost. One of the greatest ways to experience the goodness of God. You ready for this? You ready for this? The miraculous things that God is up to, one of the greatest ways is by serving others. You want to experience God moving through you to help serve others. Start serving others. Joining God in what he is doing in the lives around us by serving God and serving people. That's our motto. You serve God, you serve people. You serve those around you. And you will see God move. And here's the thing. If we want to experience the unexplained events that God has planned, if we want to be a part of the supernatural realm where God exists, where he dwells, then we need to look beyond our own world and start looking around us. Because oftentimes, God might want to do a miracle for you as you do something for somebody else. See? He wants to use you to lighten up somebody else's load, and then in the meantime, you didn't even know it, but that miracle you were praying for three weeks ago just happened. See, we need to look beyond ourselves sometimes. Oftentimes, we get into into this woe is me. When God is saying, yeah, but you're so focused on yourself, I got, there's people all around you that I want you to help. You have experiences in your life that you could help them, but you're focused too much on yourself. Oftentimes, we, it's a rut. I just call that a rut. And then, listen to this. So, so I'm not going to read this, but 
I came across, I didn't come across this passage, but there's a passage in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is sending out the disciples to go on, on, a, on a mission trip. And he gives them instructions and this and that. He tells them what to do. And, and, um, and then he starts, then he kind of starts talking about, like, if you love your mother and father more than God, then, you know, you, you got to put yourself first. You got you, you to put everything behind you to serve Jesus. And he, he kind of, you know, it's kind of like, whoa, Jesus, like, what are, you, what are you saying, man? But then he says this. Anyone who receives you, he's saying this to his disciples. He's getting ready to send out. Anyone who receives you receives me. This is in Matthew chapter 10. I'll get to the verse I want to get to. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive a righteous person because of their righteousness, you will be given reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So I'm like, what does that mean? Because I always thought, you know, if you, if you give, as some versions say little ones. If you give a little one a cup of cold water, you, you'll be rewarded. It's a little deeper than that. I was reading in the commentaries because Jesus is talking about people who receive, like, like if, if I go into a town and nobody believes in Jesus, if they receive me, they receive my message about Jesus, they're going to receive that reward, that prophet's reward, that righteous person's reward, whatever it is. But if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you ready for this? You know what the commentary said on this? If you do the kindest gesture to the most abrasive person who's in your church, you will receive a reward. There's people in our church family that you're like, oh, I don't know, they said something that hurt my feelings. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I don't like the way they do this. I don't like the way they do that. God says, if you give them even a cup of cold water, you will be rewarded. The kindest of gestures that we show to people in God's kingdom here on this earth, you will receive a reward. Is that interesting? So what God is saying is, you need to look past the exterior and look to the heart. You need to understand that there are people in your lives that I have placed in your life that you find abrasive, but I have placed them in your life for a reason. See what I'm saying? I got really quiet in here. <laughs> but look, I wanted, to be, I wanted this to be happy and be like, see, if we give people water, they'll receive a reward. And I started digging into it. And then, you know what? If I'm being honest, I was like, can I just cut that out? And I felt God said, you, you went down this path, brother. See, the smallest gesture of kindness to another person, especially another believer, will be rewarded. That's what Jesus is saying. And, and, and in the commentaries, it was saying that people who are abrasive, people who are not that nice, people who you struggle being around, See, Jesus tells us when we take care of his people, especially the lowest in society that are in our church, that are in our, our sphere of influence as believers, we will be rewarded. Jesus, because Jesus identifies with the... See, you want to know 
what I think like people are abrasive or maybe they're just, you know, they're just, they're just not the happiest person to be around or just, you know, whatever. There's something there that causes that. And so if you can look past that and love on that person, you could be a part of the healing process that they need. See? We don't know why people are like that. We don't know what was said or done to them in the past that may, may make them have a, a, a bigger wall than others. So maybe if we get underneath that, we could be the person that brings that healing and that miracle in their life. And then Jesus will reward us for those actions. Here's the deal. Here it is. Jesus will reward the love we show him through our actions toward others. See, because whatever we do to the least of these, we do to him. And there's no greater satisfaction than being used by God when serving and helping another human being. That's like the, the ultimate fulfillment in life as a believer. Because it is serving others that we experience the greatest miracles that God is up to. And, and, and both in the action taking place for the other person and in the possible event of a reward by God. See, like, like maybe you've been praying for a miracle, right? You need, you need God to move on your, in your life for something. Healing, relationship, restoration, something, right? And in your effort of serving someone, Jesus smiles down on you and says, here it is. Here's your miracle because you got outside of your own world and helped this person. Maybe. See, it, I believe, it's, I believe it's, it's twofold. Serving others takes our focus, takes the focus off ourselves and allows God to use us in the act of being a blessing to someone in need. We take, when we take the focus off ourselves, we are now seeing with the eyes of Jesus. We're listening to the Holy Spirit and we're pressing into that need that we're sensing. And when we are a part of this, our belief and trust in Jesus grows as we see him move in unexplainable ways before our very eyes, both in the life of someone else and even in our life. So, everything we talked about today, all this stuff are things that we must implement in our lives so we can experience the miracles God has in store for us. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you, God. I thank you for, I thank you for challenging passages. I thank you for the passages that make us feel good. I thank you for the lives that were changed this morning already. And I thank you for the lives that are about to be changed as we move into a time of worship. I really believe, church, that miracles are about to take place here as we move into a time of worship. And I want to encourage you to just let loose. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not. But I, 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 just, I just, to dance like David danced. Is, is what I've been sensing since worship practice Wednesday night. You, you dance off that stress. You dance off that addiction. You dance off that struggle through worship this morning. And, and I believe 
And I also believe that for some of you, something's going to happen today, and you will always remember Labor Day weekend 2022 was when God moved in my life. I'll believe this, church, with all my heart. So, so I'm, I'm encouraging us to move into a time of worship with an attitude of expectancy for God to release, to change, to move, to bring a miracle. Mm. Praise you, Jesus. And I thank you for that, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.